This is the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. We have your back with everything from games, lessons, and coaching. YouthworkerCollective.com Welcome to the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. I'm Jeremy Steele, and uh, last podcast, we started a conversation with veteran youth worker Scott Meyer about hiring, getting jobs in youth ministry, and we're going to continue that today. But before we do, Scott, can you tell us where you're serving? Uh, I'm Scott Meyer, and I am the Director of Student Ministries at McFarland Memorial United Methodist Church in Norman, Oklahoma. All right, so we've made it through finding the job. Where do we go from there? When somebody shows up the first time you've met them, I mean, normally there's probably a phone call. What what happens in that initial phone call before you're going to bring somebody in for an in-person interview if they're out of town? What are you doing in that phone call? I think one of the things you're doing is trying to get a feel as to whether or not that person is going to be a fit for your culture, whatever mm-hmm. your church culture is. So if you're a mission-minded church, how would that person fit into that culture if if you're a church that I don't know I can't even think of all the different cultures but but you're trying to feel out how that person is going to fit in and also how well they converse I mean talking on the phone and if you're on a one-on-one conversation that might be easier but there's also a really good chance your first conversation is on a speakerphone right. to a committee of people mm-hmm. and it is really really hard to get across who you are to that so I think to be articulate to even have some handwritten uh, notes as to what you want to say. Yeah. I think the committee asking the question has to be willing to be very clear with their questions. Like it's not just about what are your strengths and weaknesses, but to throw out actual scenarios. What are you going to do when X happens? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you going to do when Y happens? What do you, um, how do you relate to, to parents? How do you relate to students? And then for the candidate to be able to articulate all of these different areas. I think it's easy to get on the phone and say, here's my statement of faith. Here's what I believe. But that may not always really tell you what that person believes and how that person is going to function as the youth director. And then the other thing too is hopefully you write the resume and the cover letter that gets you to that phone call. And then that phone call gets you to the in-person interview. And that phone call might be the most pivotal piece to that, getting the job as to anything else, because you, you're really going to make some strong first impressions in that phone conversation. Yeah. And I'll tell you, when I've been at that moment, I actually will kind of get dressed <laughs> like I was going to an oh, interview. Yeah. I know that I speak better standing up. So when I'm on the phone, I'll actually be standing up. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is because you can't read the facial expressions of the people in the room, I think it's always helpful when the person gives a, a, a good answer, a, but a, a quicker answer, and then says something like, did I answer your question? Because sometimes mm-hmm. you just hear the question wrong. You know, the other thing that we're just looking for any red flag that is going to basically make somebody a no-go, right? Right. And that first phone conversation, it's as much about, are you completely unhinged? <laughs> Right, right. And do you have some sort of very weird approach to something as anything else? The other thing that I think I love to hear on a phone call or in an in-person meeting, I love it when somebody says, I don't know. That Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. so good, especially if they say, I don't know. I would have to talk to 
the senior pastor or my supervisor or whatever. Uh, I love it because you get the sense that first, they don't have an oversized ego, which is a huge problem in ministry. It can really ruin yes. things. And they know their limitations. I mean, it's way easier to show that you know your limitations by actually saying, I don't know, um, than to say, mm-hmm. oh, I'm good at knowing my limitations. That tells me nothing. <laughs> that tells me you may be so yeah. arrogant yeah. that you can't even say you have limits. <laughs> That's right. Well, and I think humility is a huge piece to, to being successful in ministry. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of times youth workers, rightfully so, uh, you know, we, we don't trust leadership. We um, second are known to second guess people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that those are the kinds of fears that we need to, to make sure that we put to rest when we answer those questions. Yeah. But then also for the people interviewing to, to listen to that. In terms of for the church who is interviewing somebody, I think it's important that they have a variety of people on the committee. If there's an interview committee, people from industry and, you know, not, not just church work right. so that you're having multiple people listen to it. And then also for the person who's being interviewed to not just use church words yes. to make sure that you know who it is that you're talking to and the kinds of words and phrases and things that you need to say. And then the other thing that comes to mind is, especially for the person interviewing, is to be careful about if you're going to make a statement of theology about what you believe about a particular issue, it better be one that you're willing to live and die on. Because once you say it, you may be judged by that more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And if they if they can't see you because you're on the phone, they're going to make certain assumptions about the ways that you say things. And so if you have deeply held convictions about something and you say them, and I'm not saying you lie about it or that you hide anything, you just have to be careful about the way that you state things to make sure that they're being true to who you really are and what you believe. Yeah. And I think that's a perfect piece of advice, the being careful what things you say in that first interview is important Mm -hmm. because you you get the one shot and people are going to assume that if the first thing you say is something about, I don't know, a hot button issue like homosexuality, uh, you know, or, Mm -hmm. uh, or some sort of political statement, they're going to be like, Oh, wow, this, this person is like, really, that's their thing. Mm -hmm. When for you, it could be, well, I believe that, but I'm not going to get fired over, you know what I'm saying? Like, right, uh, right. and, And, and so just choosing, you know, answer everything truthfully, but there's something that's really important to you. I always like to say that that's kind of controversial, I always want to wait till I've made a good impression till it's closer to the end. And then I want to have that conversation with whoever it would be that would be my supervisor in that place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And say, okay, mm -hmm. so here's, this is a thing that I believe, and I know it's a debated thing. Where do you stand? How would you want me to be? It's way better to do it in that setting. And after you've made a good impression, then to kind of drop the bomb right away. Right, right. That's where people in student ministry tend to get this um, reputation for being arrogant and cocky and mm-hmm. and holier than thou and, and knowing more than what we really know and 
there's a limitation to the kinds of decisions we can make. Nobody's going to hire somebody who's going to come on board to, to rock the boat. Right. Churches are fighting enough of that on their own. They don't need a youth minister to come in and do that. They can right. do that on their own. And, and I think in this day and age, people are really looking to avoid that. And when we live in a, a more polarized society, people think it's their right and, and they need to make a statement right away when really it would be best just to, to let that wait to a future conversation. Not yeah. that it's not important. All of that is very important, but it's about timing and right. we bring that up. Yeah. So the other thing that I think comes up a lot of times in the initial interview is we go over the resume. Tell me about this place. Tell me about that place. And if somebody has had a church or two that they have been at and left for another church, or if they're at a church, they're applying to leave that church and come here. What are you looking to hear? What is a good reason for someone leaving a church? And what are some of the things that maybe people have said, that's a bad sign? Well, if, if I hear any criticism of anybody at a, at a former church, mm-hmm. then I, I'm not interested. That's going to be a shutdown. Now, if the reality is, and I'll, you know, I, I left one church to go to another because I knew the writing was on the wall, the direction that the staff was going in the direction the church wanted to go, we were beginning to see that it wasn't going to work. And I, I was honest about that. But that's not criticism. That's honesty. Mm-hmm. If, if you're dropping criticisms about students, about pastor, about other staff people, you, I mean, to me, that I'm not interested in you. Are you the common denominator when that occurs, when all of those issues mm-hmm. have occurred? What I am wanting to hear, though, is is honesty. It is totally okay to say, you know, I just feel like my time at this particular place is done. I've, I've done all yeah. that I can. I'm looking for a new opportunity and, and to grow. We all in our minds have the dream church we want to work in. Right. We all know what it looks like. Right. It's and, all McFarland. There's... Uh, yeah, it is. It's Methodist all McFarland. Church, right? That's right. I'm sorry. You, yeah, please, please, please apply here. And so, you know, and that's okay to state, but because you are leaving one place to go to another doesn't make the place you're leaving is bad. No. And I mm-hmm. think bad mouthing it is a bad idea. But to listen to the kinds of words that they're saying, and I'm also looking for people who have a level of humility that mm-hmm. are going to be willing to come into a situation and learn the culture and learn how things work. We want you to come and work because of your resume and because of what you've done. Mm-hmm. But you have to be careful that you're, what we're not telling you is we don't want you to come here and change everything. We want yeah. you to come and fit in here. And I think some, sometimes youth ministers get into the idea that we're here to change things. You know, we look at a new school year, what do I got to change? We're looking at a new job opportunity, what do I need to change? And, and that may not be a very good thing to say. Right. When I'm hearing that, the other thing that I really like to hear, especially if you know it wasn't a really positive departure, I want to hear them own part of the problem, right? Sure, absolutely. Um, there's always fault on both sides. And, absolutely. And so if they've had a negative experience, and look, everybody... I mean, I've everybody. If you haven't, your next position is going to be it, right? Like, exactly right. Everybody has had a difficult experience, and the mark of maturity is to be able to own your part of that negative experience. Um, mm-hmm. And that's because mm-hmm. I want a mature person, really. Okay, so now we've kind of gotten that through. Let's talk about the actual when when you see them, meet them first in person. What are the things that you're kind of paying attention to in those kind of in-person interviews? Two things. One is I like people who dress 
professionally for the job. Doesn't mean a suit and tie, but don't come in shorts and flip flops and a t-shirt. You're right. not dressing for camp. You're dressing and, for an interview. And also, I, I think like a three piece suit is just as bad as t-shirt and a flip flop. No, it is. Like, I was like, just really? thinking that actually you started to see. Yeah. <laughs> I had somebody right. show up in a full out <laughs> yeah. one time, yeah, and I like, felt to me like. I don't think you're going to fit in. Here. <laughs> <laughs> this is just not. Yeah, this is. Please tell me you own something else. No, I totally agree. Yeah. And then the other thing, too, is and I've, I've actually interviewed a person who who felt like the interview was an opportunity for them to tell us what we were doing wrong. Um, again, you're not the savior. And, and even if a church is hiring you because they've gone through a really difficult time if the church is in the midst of a healing process or a difficult time, the last thing in the world they want is somebody to come and remind them of how bad it is. So humility, honesty, being willing to say, you know, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure I've never dealt with that situation. And also to think about realistically how you would incorporate involving your senior pastor in decisions or your supervisor, whatever the setup is, you know, I'm looking for, for those kinds of things, collaborative, respectful, if you're with a committee of people where it's both students and adults, maybe if you have some students on the committee or parents, that, that you're a person who can speak to both. If you're really good at speaking to kids, but you can't speak to, to adults or vice versa, those are red flags also. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm 100%. The in-person interview to me is a lot more about personality. It's about professionalism and personality. So if they show up, they, they act professional, they're dressed professional. That's really important. And I always feel like I, I never get a good sense of that until I meet the person in person, even on FaceTime or, or you know Skype or something. I, I don't feel like I get a good uh, sense of that. And then personality. And, and, and I think it's important for people when they're walking into an in-person interview, you know, you want to put your best foot forward, but you want it to be your foot, <laughs> Right. And right. Right. I I want people to be who they really are. And because that's important, because sometimes uh, the reality is we've we've sat in meetings and after an an interview and we say, you know, this person is quiet and they're more of an introvert. And that would be a very healthy balance to our team. We've we are way overloaded Mm -hmm. on extroverts. Right. And had that person tried to present themselves in more false extroverted light, they wouldn't have gotten the one up, right? Uh, right. After right. the interview. Because I think sometimes we do feel like there's a, a preference for one personality type over another. And, and we sometimes mm-hmm. try to fit ourselves into that when this interview process is about discernment and putting who you really are forward. Because if you put the wrong person forward and you can't be that person, everybody's just going to be disappointed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The the unique thing about a youth ministry job or maybe ministry job is, is you're not just looking for a job. You're looking for a place to fit, a place to live out your calling. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not true to yourself, when, when you arrive and you suddenly are a different person or come across in a different way than you did in the interview, you're not going to be successful mm-hmm. and you're going to be miserable. And so I think, you know, to me, honesty, and I, I, that should go without saying, right, but it doesn't. Right. I just think honesty is so important and honesty and humility are two just really, really key things in finding a student ministry position right. on both parties. Both parties have to be honest and humble and open with each other because you're looking for something that's going to fit. You're not right. just trying to fill a position. Right. 
All right, so now let's kind of skip to the end here. Everything's gone perfect, and it is time to deal with the actual job offer phase. How do you guys go about offering a position to somebody, and what are you kind of expecting in their response? Well, when, when we offer a job, we will offer it, and we will be upfront with what the salary is, make sure that the person who we're offering the job to understands the expectations, the limitations. Those limitations might be you know, what you can do, what you're in charge of, who your supervisor is, kind of all of those details. And we also don't really ever expect anybody to tell us right away Yes, unless unless in the interview process there was a conversation that was like, you know, we're all feeling that this is we know this is going to work and we're going to have a formal offer. You know, we expect right. people uh, to take a little bit of time to think about it. I think on terms of the candidates part, that's a really important time to make sure you really understand everything, because what is promised to you in the beginning is what's going to be expected. And if there are things that you are hearing on either party's end in that those last little negotiations, I call them, they better be very clearly outlined. Um, the other thing we're doing more and more of is making sure to write everything out, to not just do it verbally, um, but actually to make sure that things are in writing, expectations mm-hmm. are in writing, job descriptions are in writing, so that everybody knows exactly what's going on. Yeah. The other thing that I I think is just always important to tell people is when you get offered a youth ministry position and they tell you the salary, don't expect that you're going to make an enormous amount more than that anytime soon. Right? That's yes, yes. Like if exactly you right. look at that salary and you're like, you know, it's not really enough, but I'll just do a great job and get a raise. Do not do that. Yep. I'll tell you, the easiest time to get more money is right then before you get the job. If you need more money and it's just not enough, just go back. And listen, I don't think I have ever had somebody come back with a counteroffer. Counteroffer, yeah. That didn't (laughs) benefit them in the positive. I don't know we've ever been able to give somebody everything that they've asked for. Right. And, And the other thing is sometimes... We, we'll see the, the counteroffer and we'll say, wow, this person is going to be miserable here, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. And so I think it's real important to just make sure that you are going to feel good about that when you take that job. Right. right. Yep. Because if you're not making enough money, you're, you're going to be miserable. You're going to have a bad attitude if you don't think that you're making what you're worth. But I think the other thing, too, is, and you said it clearly, and if a, if a church says, well, now, listen, this is all we can offer you now, but on the down the road, we're going to be able to give you more. They're not going to. And I don't no, mean to be cynical. It's not going to happen. I don't happen. mean to be disrespectful, but they're not. It's not <laughs> ever going to happen. The future promises don't occur. And let's face it, money and benefits and vacation time and um, expectations, those are best outlined in that negotiation time. Yep. And it needs to be clear. You need, as the candidate, you need to have a very clear knowledge of what the expectations are, because that's how you're going to be judged. And mm-hmm. not just when it comes to evaluation, but every day in, in the carrying out of your ministry. Right. And if you're not meeting, if you don't know what the expectations are, clearly you're going to have trouble meeting them because you right. don't know what they are. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing that I think is important in that job offer phase is, you know, a lot of churches, they will come with whatever it is that they come with and they will in some way, shape or form say, there's no way we can give you any more money. <laughs> so right. You, you, right. a lot of times, you know, 
when you get the offer that the money part, I've either got to make peace with this or find another right. opportunity. But you know, right. what a lot of churches will do is the other things that are not money related, you can negotiate mm-hmm. more vacation time. You can negotiate more sick leave. And you can also, and the thing that I think is always important is to negotiate continuing education. Um, yes. Because, you know, you say, well, could I get continuing ed- education leave? So a week of continuing education leave. And can I get, you know, a thousand dollars or something like that? And, and they pull, mm-hmm. sometimes they pull those monies from different places and they can say, oh, well, we can give that money <laughs> or right. we, we can always give more leave because though technically accounting wise, that is money. It's not the same. <laughs> and so they'll right. say, well, we'll right. give them another couple of days of vacation, you know. Yep. And I've also heard of churches that have helped to find a spouse, some kind of uh, job or, or yep. opportunity as well. Maybe, you know, if you're you're married to a, whether it's a school teacher or to somebody who's in mm-hmm. banking, you know, there's might be somebody in the congregation who can help you. And I think those are things that are okay to ask for as well, because the expectations on our families are pretty high and, and sort of say, you know, well, maybe you can't give me more, but can you help my spouse in, in their relocation? Right. Well, thank you, Scott, so much for doing a deep dive on this with me. And I appreciate all that you do, not just for us here in the podcast, but also writing online at Youth Worker Collective. The reality is, especially with job stuff, I mean, really, it can feel lonely when you're trying to uh, find a job and know what to do when you get an offer and all that stuff. We don't want you to feel like you have to be alone. We want you to know that we've got your back when it comes to games and coaching and lessons and really all of that. You can find it all at youthworkercollective.com. And you can find more podcasts like this one at youthworkercollective.com slash podcast.